Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Perhaps the only realist among the twelve disciples was Judas. He thought that Jesus should be making plans for the future kingdom that Judas thought he was about to bring, bring into reality. Judas had had enough of Jesus' talk. Jesus was only talking about death and the end of the world. But what about the earthly kingdom? And Judas could see that Jesus was not the guy that was going to bring about the earthly kingdom that he had hoped for. The Bible explains what happened. Then Satan entered into Judas called Iscariot, who was, the, uh, who was the number of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers how he might betray Jesus to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So Judas consented and sought an opportunity to betray him in the absence of the crowd. Judas could not see that Jesus was bringing in the heavenly kingdom of God. He was blinded to this reality. He was focused on earthly things, earthly ambitions. And from Judas' perspective, Jesus' actions, such as turning over tables in the temple and angering the chief priests and officers of the law, These actions were bringing about Jesus' demise. To Judas, Jesus was not focused on taking over Rome. To Judas, Jesus instead seemed to be making enemies with the very people that he would have to unite. So Judas was looking for a way out. He wanted to be on the winning team. And as he could see, this isn't happening with Jesus. So his plan to betray Jesus was put into place. But little did he know, God was going to use his evil betrayal to bring about the sacrifice for the entire world's sin. He was going to bring in a new covenant, a new testament, with the shedding of his own blood on the cross. This brings us to tonight's scripture reading. Here we all are in the upper room with Jesus, about to celebrate the Passover meal. Now this is significant, and we should know a little bit about the Passover before we move forward. The Passover meal, if you remember, did not bring about the entrance into the promised land. God used the Passover meal to deliver his people from slavery in Egypt. At the first Passover, which Jesus and his disciples were celebrating this evening, a lamb was sacrificed. And the blood of that lamb, it was taken and it was put on the sides of the doorposts of the people's house. And God would deliver the people by the blood of those lambs. And then the meat of the lamb, the body of the lamb, it was eaten in haste. 
so that when God delivered the people from the hand of Pharaoh, they would have full stomachs and strength to leave. Then God sent the destroyer into the land of Egypt. His wrath was sent out to kill all the firstborn males of both man and beast in the land of Egypt. The destroyer entered every home except for those that were marked by the blood of a lamb. That very next morning, after the destroyer had gone through, God delivered his people from the hands of Pharaoh. And this Passover, it wasn't just a deliverance from evil and slavery. It was something else. It was also a covenant between God and his people that he would give them a promised land. This covenant, it set them free and it guaranteed them a new land flowing with milk and honey. Now they would not get their land for a long while, but at the moment of the Passover, they were free and they were on their way to their new home. God's covenant was made on that day the day they ate the lamb of the sacrifice. So here is Jesus. He is eating the Passover meal with his disciples. He is celebrating the old covenant, which had been fulfilled. God had delivered his people and brought them into their earthly kingdom. We know of this place today as the land of Israel. But this covenant, it was not an end in itself. It signified the greater covenant that Jesus was about to establish this holiest of weeks. In Jesus, God was establishing the new covenant that was spoken of in Jeremiah. We read, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Now here he's speaking of his church that includes both Jew and Gentile, sons of faith, true sons of Abraham. And this covenant that he establishes with his church is not like the covenant that I made with their fathers, on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke. Though I was their husband, declares the Lord. And the book of Hebrews, quoting Jeremiah, it explains the Holy Spirit. It bears witness to us. For after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. And the writer of Hebrews continues saying that under this new covenant, 
We have something we never had before. We have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. We can enter into God's presence by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to him with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Through Jesus, you and I, we are set free. We are set free from the pharaohs of sin, death, and the devil. They have no more dominion over us. Our hearts are sprinkled and washed in the blood of the Lamb through baptism and the Lord's Supper. You see, Jesus is setting us free from our slave owners. And on the last day, when God's wrath is fully revealed, the doorposts of our hearts will be sprinkled. They are sprinkled, marked with the blood of the Lamb, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And in our bodies, transformed by his body and blood, which we receive in the supper, they will one day enter into the promised land of heaven. So back to Jesus and his disciples as they celebrated the Passover meal. Jesus gets to the point of the meal where the bread is eaten, followed by the eating of the lamb. This took place after the second cup of wine was passed. Now it's interesting to note that at this meal, no lamb is ever mentioned. It's not mentioned in any of the Gospels. For the eating of this particular Passover was different. Indeed, the lamb that would be eaten at this meal was the Lamb of God. Jesus. We listen to Jesus. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the New Testament in my blood. The word translated as covenant is the word used for a legal document. In the Greek, it's diatheke. The definition of this word is this. The last disposition which one makes of his earthly possessions after his death. A testament or will. It's also defined as a covenant or contract. Here, Jesus was giving all that he had to his loved ones before his death. He's dividing them up 
He gives it. He gives what he has to his church, his bride. And what did he have to give? His body and blood for us Christians to eat and to drink. And what does this give us? Well, this body, this body and blood that Jesus has, it has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person. It purchased and won me from all sins, from death, from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. Why? That I may be his own. You see, what Jesus gives us here tonight does not promise us a brighter future in this life, like the one that Judas was hoping for. In fact, being marked, being marked as one redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, being a Christian, it may bring more suffering for you in this life. What Jesus, in his testament, gives us here tonight is deliverance from the pharaohs that enslave us today. And this body and blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, it is also placed in our bodies as a covenant, a contract for a promised land to come. Until that day when Jesus takes us home, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as we see the day approaching. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until the day when he comes to take you home. Amen.